You are listening to the Mom Halo Podcast. This sweet ear candy will serve up laughs and aha moments as we talk to best-in-class thought leaders. These folks are dropping gems of genius. I'm Melana Kapitz, CEO and founder of the Mom Halo community. I'm a fun, fearless, freckled mom with three wild kiddos. I love to introduce you to ideas and people that will rock your world all while laughing out loud because that is the only way to get through the daily grind of parenthood. Plug in your earphones and let's get to them. Hello, 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 everybody. Welcome to our podcast, The Mom Halo. And I am Alana Cape, it's your host. I am so excited to have our next guest here with us today. I'd like us to give a warm halo welcome to my friend, um, Alyssa Kerbel. Hi, Alyssa. Hello. I'm so happy to be here. I just... I just want to say, you know, apologize a little bit in advance. Like I just mentioned to you, I'm not feeling a hundred percent today. I woke up feeling a little under the weather. And um, so I just, I'm going to, I hate doing anything, not a hundred percent half-assing anything. So I'm going to give, give you everything I got today, but, um, and hopefully by the end of this, people are like, oh, she doesn't seem sick or, you know, or what's she like (laughs) when she's not sick maybe, but, um, yeah, I am just feeling a little, a little rough today. But right. I am happy to be here with you. So happy to be here. You to me are just, you're a dream podcast interview and such a, a dear friend and such an amazing supporter of me. And I just want people to get to know you a little bit better. So please, Alyssa Kerbel, tell us who you are, where you're from and what you do. Take us through, please. Thank you. So my name is Alyssa. I am, um, I'm a mom of two kids. I live in Toronto. I am a big dreamer. <laughs> always been a big dreamer. Uh, I was actually thinking back yesterday to a story where I had a boyfriend, you know, when I was younger and I would share things with him and he'd be like, "What? you're crazy. You're just like, where are these dreams coming from? Like he's a dream crusher. And I was just like, what do you mean? This is like, what are you talking about? This is, this is just my dream. Uh, But I've always been a big dreamer and um, I've always been an entrepreneur. So I started my first business in my twenties. It was a wholesale fashion agency I had my daughter five years after I started it, felt a calling to do something else in addition to my agency business, um, something that you know would be creative and I'd really feel like I had control over. And so I started a company called Mini Miosh, which is a children's apparel brand. Um, we make sustainable, ethical, organic cotton fashion basics for babies and kids up to 12. We just launched another brand called M and West that um, is women's fashion basics because we had so many people asking for um, what they buy for their kids in their size. So we just launched that recently. Um, And it's been 14 years since I started the brand. And so... um, Sorry, Alana. Did you hear that ding? I don't know how to turn that I didn't. off. I can't hear it. It's okay. Don't worry no, about it. Okay. Sorry. Um, so yeah, it's been 14 years. My daughter is now, so she, she was a, a newborn basically when I started it. I had sort of the idea for like what I wanted to create when she was a baby because she was um, like 10 weeks old. And I just couldn't find the type of clothing I really wanted to dress her in. And it really came down to me about feeling. 
feeling good, feeling good in her skin and feeling good in her clothes and putting things on her that felt like really soft, like butter, like almost like she's not wearing clothes. And I really couldn't find that on the market at the time. You know, it was mostly like big boxes 14 years ago. There wasn't organic cotton. There wasn't a lot of soft basics. There wasn't a lot of neutral colors. And I just wanted to, to have her in these really comfy, soft basics, the type of clothing that I knew felt good on my skin for her. And, and I couldn't find it. So I decided to create it with this brand called Mini Miosh. And she's now going into, well, she'll be going into grade 10 this year. So that's crazy. It's been a journey. Um, and so that's essentially my business in a nutshell um, and the brand Mini Miosh in a nutshell. What does Mini Miosh mean? Where did the name come from? Uh, so when I was pregnant with Emmy, um, she was, when she was in utero, my husband, Mike, and I would refer to her as just Minnie. I'd be like, Minnie's wants a burger. <laughs> you need to go. Minnie's, <laughs> Minnie's got some Harper, Minnie, whatever. I would just always refer. And then she came out and she was five, four when she was full term, uh, like really t- tiny. And so we kind of kept calling her Minnie for a while. And then the word Miosh is sort of a slang, um, kind of a Parisian slang t- word. Uh, for like tot or brat or little one. Um, And so my mom actually used to shop for me at a store. Well, she didn't really shop for me. We lived in Kingston growing up till I was 10. And she used to come to Toronto periodically and go to the store in Yorkville. That was like this beautiful French store that had incredible kids clothes, expensive. She wouldn't really buy stuff unless it was like a special occasion, but she loved to peruse. And it was called Les Mioche. And I knew that she had shopped at that store. And I just liked the word Mioche and what it stood for. So it became mini Miosh. That was just like oh, part wow. Emmy and part my mom's kind of influence. And yeah. I never knew that story. That's yeah. so interesting. So that's how it came to be. So it's so funny for me, let's, cause when I think about you in the business, I've been a parent since 2015. So I'm, or 2015, 16 is when I learned about you and came into fruition of who you were. And to me, you were the industry standard. Like you were the standard of, uh, you know, uh, boutique, beautiful, high-end um, to a degree in terms of baby, as far as I knew, because you weren't a big box. You were so bang on. The look, it's like iconic style, design, texture, everything. You sort of hit a home run. When did you know you were onto something? When did that happen for you? You know what? I think like many people who start out to create something, it really comes from this passion of like a, a filling a void for yourself, like filling this need for yourself. And I think, you know, I had had experience in the fashion and retail world um, because I had been selling a wholesale to my, my previous business that I was running at the time that I started, this was a wholesale fashion agency. So I was like running a showroom and I was representing different brands of women's clothing. And I was selling to like Holt Renfrew and Mendocino and Over the Rainbow and TNT and all these stores. There's like a sense of like what people liked and what I liked and what sold on the market and what and what to me was um, interesting about this was just like this combination of you know taking something that I really wanted and creating it for my child and I kind of just was like this is what I want for her if I want it maybe other people want it too I can't really find it and I think it often boils down to filling filling a void or solving a problem for yourself or others that makes your life better makes somebody else's life better makes your child's life better so you know I think I loved everything about 
you know, creating this product and the thinking about the colors and thinking about the aesthetic. And, you know, the challenge with my other business that I had, and I mean, I loved it. It was a great business and I was making money and it was profitable. And, you know, I was good at it um, because I love sales, um, but it, it lacked an ability to control because I'm great. I love sales. And I think if you have a, a, a business of any kind, you really do need to get comfortable selling. Like selling is the skill you need to have. Right. And it is, a, um, you know, a learned skill. And I love to sell anything that I believed in or was passionate about. I could sell. If I didn't like something or if I didn't think it was great, or if I didn't think my customer could sell it, <sighs> I just like couldn't sell it. It's just right. like I didn't feel good about it, right? And so what would happen is the lines would come in from my suppliers and whether I liked it or not, whether I thought it was good or not, whether I thought it could sell in a store to other people or not, really it was my job to sell it. Right. That didn't always feel great because- right. You know, and and to meet quotas and to like answer to other people, I was like, I just want to create something that is like my thing to sell Mm -hmm. that I create that, you know, I make or break. And so that's why I really was drawn to create this type of product and to do it, you know, in a way that aligned with my personal values. Like the beautiful thing about creating your own thing is that you get to create. To, to create your own world, so to speak. You, you yeah. create your own destiny, like you get to choose. So it's like, if I'm going to do this, I want to do it so that, you know, it feels good. That to me means making it locally, if I can, like knowing who's making it, being able to go and see and meet the people and talk to them and see the product and having control over that element of the process. It means using, you know, sustainable fabrics and doing it in an environmentally conscious way. Like that back 14 years ago was not, really something people were thinking about or doing. Um, And so it was, you know, a a very creative process in the early days and a fun process. And it just was like a joyous process, you know? That's when you realized you were onto something. You're like, this is joy and I'm setting... I'm doing something different. I'm setting a different course. Is that when you were like, oh my God, this is, this is, I've done something here. I think there was like the, the, that it felt really good creating something, seeing something that you envision come to life in the way that you envision it is an extremely satisfying feeling and it, and it feels really good. And then to then put that product out into the world and get the feedback from people saying like, Ooh, I like this. I want to buy this. This is cool. I love having this on my kids. When you start to get that type of feedback from people that feels really good, that fuels you. So I don't know if there was like a specific moment in time, honestly, that I was like, Oh, this is, I'm, I'm killing it. Like this is, this is all going the way I thought because it, it was an evolution. And, and, you know, I was, I was saying to someone yesterday, it's like, when you're an entrepreneur, the process is like, do it, tweak it, learn, pivot, repeat. Like you're just constantly, you know, trying something, learning, tweaking it, and then pivoting if necessary to some other thing and changing it. And then you do that over and over again. So I, I don't know that there's like a moment of time that's like, I, I felt, but I think, you know, just in the very early stages, I, I was doing it wholesale. So I was sending the brand out to stores. Um, that was my background. So I was selling business to business. So not direct to consumer, not on e-com, not through a retail store. And the way that I got it in front of people was that I just thought about, you know, 
what, what would make me want to buy this product? You know, what would make me want to, to buy this? And I thought like, if I just got a cute little package that was beautifully put together and I actually could see it and touch it and feel it, then I would probably love it and buy it. So I just put these packages together and um, with the actual, like a t-shirt in it. And I just sent them out to all the stores and followed up. And that's how I got all of my first accounts. No one, I never saw a person in person. Like I never had face to face. And I mean, now with like, the way the world we live in now, you can do so much over Zoom and and this, but really it boiled down to like the feeling. (laughs) I'm going to come back to that a lot, but like, it's about the feeling that somebody gets when they touch it or they feel it or they put it on their body or they put it on their kid or they know what's behind it, you know, like the, the values and the ethics that are behind it. How does that make somebody feel? Um, And getting that feedback that it made people feel good. They liked it. That was sort of just when, when you start to get that, it fuels you in the challenging, challenging times. That's what keeps, it keeps you going. I love that so much, Liz. I think for me really early on, it was a coveted brand, right? And that's what I meant. Like it was that, it was the cutting edge of it feeling different, looking different. And I remember learning as a early sort of young mom and entering motherhood, that brand exploration and being like people talking, oh, have you heard of Mini Miyash? I was like, no, what is this? And discovering it and being like, oh, that's what it is. And it is the touch. And when you did your, when you turned, um, I guess, to from B2C business to consumer and started setting up your own retail shop, the way you did it, like you sort of set the tone for other businesses to do what you did. I mean, I'll take you back that Lululemon their store kind of looks like your store and you were doing it. Well, first. no, they did it first. They did it. Oh, first. Did they? Okay, they did okay. it first. And, and I mean, this is an, a lesson because it was just like, I took inspiration from the way right. they did things. Right? right. Because I liked the experience back then. This is 14 right. years ago. That was a very different concept of going right. in and having the ability to see all the sizes and all the colors. And, you know, like you can just like, see like, okay, there's this top or this pant or this, and here's all the colorways And, I love that way of doing it. I was just like, that's a genius way to showcase this type of product where you're, you've got basics and you've got stuff that people want to buy a whole bunch of colors and they want to buy the next size up and the next size up because it's kids. So, you know, when I opened, when I made a decision to open the store and I had read, I had read this book called The E-Myth, which is a really, really um, amazing book for entrepreneurs and one that I always highly recommend reading. Um, And it's really about kind of how to set up your business um, to thrive without you um, in it. Um, And, you know, that book kind of made me think I wanted to open the store and everyone thought I was nuts and thought I was crazy and told me all the reasons why I shouldn't want to like get into the retail in that way. And, uh, you know, and not that the reasons that they gave me are not wrong. They are. But I just like was like, I have this vision comes back to your vision. What do you see? What do you feel? It was like, I need to present the brand in a very specific way, selling it to other stores and having them buy a little bit of this, a little bit of that and smattering it in with all their other stuff is just not going to do it. It's just not, it's getting lost. Like it doesn't have the presence that I see in my mind for the brand. I know that having a store is what will like allow people to come in and be like, Oh, I get it. And so, you know, I did it super scrappy and super bootstrapped. Like I never, like, it's like, you can do things on such a tight budget when you are like on a mish. Um, and so, you know, I brought in friends, I brought in people that I know to make furniture for me. And we just like had fun with it. And, um, it was 
definitely that was like a turning point for the brand. Um, we had established ourselves to a certain extent already because we were wholesaling and selling to a lot of key accounts in Toronto. So a lot of people already kind of knew us or knew the brand if they, if they were in this market, so to speak. But then, you know, by then like having an actual physical presence on Queen Street and being like, yeah, this is what the brand is all about. It it was a turning point for sure. A risk to a certain extent, but I didn't do it in a risky way. Like I did it in a really, you know, risk, uh, you know, conscious way. Yeah. And I think that's a good message. I think it's when you're talking about the mish, I love that. Like if I say Alyssa Kerbal's mish, like (laughs) the mission is what I think fuels you and makes you such an interesting and relevant entrepreneur is that you are so value driven and you are so mission focused. And when we think about like a business, an entrepreneur, and let's say there's like, you know, a bunch of pegs of the table that's holding the pillow up, like so many of your biggest pillars is to me is you are a visionary, but you are so mission and values driven. And I think that is what put you on the map 14 years ago and keeps you so fucking relevant list. Honestly, it is what, it is what t- makes you sort of the engine and caboose. That's what I see at least. Also, the shit's gorgeous and you're brilliant. So that all helps. Um, take us to today. What's what's making you tick now? What are you excited about? And now, a word from our mom, Halo, podcast sponsor. Who needs superheroes when we have moms? Kids and Company is Canada's leading provider of childcare with over 100 locations across the country and in the United States. They're celebrating their 20th anniversary this year, and with 20 years of experience in the childcare space, comes a ton of innovation in how they cater to their families. They have in-classroom webcams, an app that provides daily updates for parents, a from-scratch menu, and wonderful high-quality educators. These are just a few of the amazing things about Kids and Company. My daughter attends one of their centers and I can vouch for how incredible they are, far beyond others we've attended. They're offering families who register and start care by July 31st, 2022, a waived registration fee. That applies to new registrations only. Call their team at one eight zero zero my kid co and use the code MOMHALO to register for this offer. You won't regret it. Still dealing with leaky diapers? It's time to try Rascal and Friends. Designed with you and your little one in mind, Rascal and Friends Premium Diapers ticks all the boxes. Affordable, safe on sensitive skin, deliciously soft and super absorbent. Plus, their unique design provides up to 12 hours of leak production to keep your baby comfy and dry day and night. Join the thousands of parents making the switch and say goodbye to leaks. Shop Roscoe and Friends premium diapers, training pants, and sensitive wipes at Walmart today. Well, I have kind of ventured into a little bit more of the sort of, um, I'd say, I guess, the evolution of the values of the brand, so to speak. So we've always been very, you know, um, in you know, how to focus around giving back and the idea being like, the better we do as a company, the better, the, the better, the more good we can do in the, the world, essentially, um, the more impact we can, I, I'm kind of about impact, you know, it's just like, I guess to me, it's like, this is kind of my legacy. And it's just like, what does it mean beyond just selling product? 
existential, you know, question at this stage of life, perhaps, or this stage in an entrepreneur's journey. But there's a certain point where like you have achieved a level of success and, you know, you've done a lot of the things that you wanted to do. And the idea of like growth for the sake of growth is is not the most appealing thing. It becomes more about growing personally, professionally, growing with other people and what that allows me to do in my life and, um, and how it allows me to have an impact on others. So, um, you know, with kind human club, the initiative that we launched, and now we have kind human fund where we're, you know, have an actual commitment to, um, giving back, uh, 1% of revenue to essentially like just organizations that are helping kids thrive. But I think what I'm realizing, um, that I'm kind of very driven around or like passionate about is, and just trying to think about still figuring out for myself what the the avenue is for me to channel this passion and energy is taking a lot of the things that I have learned over the years, not, not specific to entrepreneurship necessarily, but specific more to like, not, sorry, not specific to success in business and entrepreneurship, but to success in life. What, what are the things that I, I've done so much personal work and done a lot of different, you know, strategic coach and landmark. And you know me, I'm always doing something in that I'm, space. <laughs> I love my personal development. I love all of that stuff. I've always been very passionate about that stuff from a young age. And what I'm, you know, interested in is how to bring that way of thinking and how to bring that mindset work and how to bring that to younger people. Yeah. I love you know, that. to people who are like, you know, I, it's essentially like, what would I would love? What would I love to be able to share and teach and have my 14 year old self and now daughter know and learn as she's at this stage of life versus you know, a lot of the stuff that I've been knowing and learning and, um, in my thirties or forties. Um, so it's like an interesting thing. And, you know, I've been trying to kind of on some level weave that into the business and, um, through kind human club and our blog and other things that we do. Um, and, and just still determining, I think it's an, you know, it's a journey and an evolution of just like what feels right and fits in, but ultimately that's, what I'm really passionate about. Um, yeah. I love that. And I have to just take this moment to thank you publicly, Alyssa. I started Project Halo with the vision of creating a space for um, parents and caregiving, uh, caregivers, birthing folk who are sort of living and breathing in sick kids, a space for them to feel whole in themselves. And my friend, Alyssa Kerbal, just fucking came through so hard with a huge donation. I think it were over $20,000 now towards the project and saw the vision and knew exactly how to execute. And when I say my friend, Alyssa Kerbal, I feel that. And thank you so much, Liz. I could like cry on this podcast um, because like you, you, you don't do anything half-assed. And when I say you're fire, I mean like you are fire, what you touch, it lights up and you just came to this with, with rapid speed and, and expertise and, and, and helped give so much voice to our charitable effort. So I cannot wait to see what you do with the Kind Human Fund. And I can't wait to see how your ethos, your ethos, Liz, 
like canapults through the brand, right? And how you are going to sort of make that DNA work, because I think that's what makes you so relevant and interesting and fucking on target. And I think it's your ability to stay relevant, right? Like a lot of clothing businesses come and go. A lot of brands have not done what you've been able to do. And to me, I think you've set the golden standard with many, many people trying to be like you and imitate what it is, but they're still not you or the brand, right? So I think that's, that really sets you apart. Um, That's very, that means a lot. And I mean, I'm sending flowers here because I mean, this is my time to thank you and to let this be a, a living legacy for us, right? Like podcasts live forever. And that's why I wanted to, to really have you on and have this conversation for people to get to know you a bit and, and, and to really understand that you are the meat and the potatoes. You're the real fucking deal, girlfriend. Take us through. I, I, I feel like, you know, that kind human club initiative came to me a couple of years ago. Um, in a challenging time, I went on a trip to New York city for work and I was just like in a really low place. And I mean, if you're an entrepreneur, you know that it is a roller coaster and it is a, can be a very like lonely and isolating place to be as well. And there are a lot of challenges. And so, you know, if you got to surround yourself by, by your people anyway, to get through that. That's been a big learning for me. Find your people, find your tribe, which is one of the amazing things that you do with, um, you know, mom halo is you give people that, um, that tribe and that community to have support from. Um, and everybody needs that in life, (laughs) that community and that connection. Um, but yeah, I, I, you know, I had something happen to me on that trip to New York and it really just stemmed around the same kind of idea around kindness, acts of kindness. And, you know, the fact that I think we all just want to raise kind, conscious kids who are like happy and grounded in who they are. And like, how do you do that? Um, how do you do that? And ultimately I've realized that that comes from us as parents. Yeah, that a bit. Let's talk about parenthood a bit there, Liz, because you really, I've seen you parent. I know your kiddos, they're gorgeous and cool and funny and smart from what I've seen, you know, with our limited interaction as during COVID and stuff like that. But talk about that because you're talking about informing and shaping our kiddos and you're saying it comes from the home. Tell us a little bit more, please. I feel like I am not that there's such a thing as a perfect parent or a perfect mom. I am definitely not like, you know, I feel like there's um, lots of areas where there's room for improvement for me, but that being said, I do my best and that's all any of us can do. And I think that, you know, my goal with my kids is like going back to this idea of like really sharing the learnings and the teachings and the values, um, that I have incorporated into my own life um, and being really like honest and open with them. And my husband is very much aligned with that and has the same type of mindset. He's very into the same types of growth things as I. So it's just like by, by doing the work that I'm sort of been doing and, and by learning the things I'm learning and by kind of doing the healing, it's, it's like osmosis. It's like, you, you got to do the work yourself. You can't expect your kids to show up in a way that you don't show up. You can't expect your kids to have values that you don't emulate in your day to day, you know, and show them. Um, so it's really walking the walk and it's really then taking that time as parents to think about, you know, who, 
where like the awareness, the consciousness of like where your limitations are, where your limiting beliefs are, or what is, you know, preventing you from living the life you want that you ultimately want your kids to live. <laughs> like, you know, like, so it's been, I think as much as I like, you know, am not the perfect parent, I feel very proud of the parent that I am and that Mike is in that, you know, we're doing the work to help our kids be the amazing humans that we want them to be. And what that's it, honestly, Les, I think that's what's, that's, I'm so happy you said that. I find like we came from a generation of parents who didn't have parenting locked down. They didn't understand the fact that they were, you know, and they came from generations of their own parents who like kids were seen and not heard. And you just sort of fell into line or we got smacked. Like that was, you know, I remember as a kid vividly getting my mouth washed out violently with soap. And if I would try that with my kids today, it would be a no, you know, you know, that wouldn't even happen like in our society. But when I think about my goals and aspirations, my parents, I think, and our parents wanted us to be successful financially and everything was about scholastics and wanting to be really good at school. And what I think you're doing um, is beautiful. And what I'm trying to do with, I think, you know, very much inspired by you. I want my kids to be really good people and really kind. And I don't, I mean, obviously I want them reading and writing and those sorts of things, but I want them to just be really kind from their like inner organs that they just live kindness. Um, do you see yourself in your kiddos? Do you see them living those values that you've, you've done? Yeah, definitely. And, and the interesting thing is that when you do, when you're doing the work, this type of work, this sort of personal growth and development work and mindfulness, um, and, and sort of all of that type of work, and you're really leaning into it, you, you see the people around you actually just starting to change as well. Like I, I work with sort of a coach, spirit guide, whatever you want to call her amazing person. And through my own sort of journey of like healing and, and understanding and awareness about, you know, who I am and why I'm the way I am and what has driven me to create this and driven me like an understanding there. Um, you know, I've done a lot of this work. And at one point in my work with her, she said something to me that was very profound and meaningful, which was just that the best way to heal others is by healing yourself. Not that our kids need to be healed, but the reality being that when you break cycles by gaining awareness, because cycles are passed down from right. generation. Like what we know, we learn from our parents. We might say to ourselves that oh, we don't want to do that the same way. We don't want to do this the same way. But ultimately there are a lot of things that we do that we just don't even realize that we're doing. It's just like ingrained in us. And it only comes through with like taking a beat to be like, you know what, that doesn't feel good actually. Or like, is this how I really want to show up for myself and my kids? Like everything's changeable. <laughs> with awareness and consciousness, right? Like everything can be changed. Your circumstances, your mindset, your energy, you know, everything is changeable. I, I believe that. that. I love that so much, Les. And I think, you know, you do definitely carry an energy and vibrate at a different, I think, caliber than, than many people I know, which makes you super special and unique. But I do think what you're saying, there's tools on the table. Like this, these tools are in the tool shed for anybody to pick up 
and try. That's what I'm hearing. The, tool, the tools, the tools are there, and they're tools that our parents never had access to. That this didn't, it, this didn't, it wasn't like this back then. Like now, this type of work and this type of you know information, this these tools, the things that you can do. There's so many places to learn about it, to have access to it for free. So it's just like we're in a different world. If you if you want to explore it, it's so available, you know, and it's just yeah. That's it. What a beautiful time to be alive. Let's, if there's if there's one piece you want people to hear today, if they hear nothing else, bring us home. I mean, you've you've dropped so many gems on this call. <laughs> but if there's one thing you want to go back to or think about, if you want, if our listeners, friends, fans, wherever they're listening in the world, um, if there's one takeaway you want them to think about today, what is the thing you want them to hear? I think um, it's really just around possibility. It's just like you know, you have one life to live. This is it. Like well, depending on what you believe, but let's just say that this one life is your life to live. And it's like any, I really believe that anything and everything is possible, no matter what your circumstances are, no matter matter where you are right now, if you can envision something better for yourself and we all deserve something amazing, we all deserve to live an amazing life, then you can create that. You can a hundred percent create that through the tools and through the work and through the energy and the belief. But, you know, it, it goes back to what you really, you know, want for yourself and what feels good to you. And, and to have that continuous check-in with yourself to say like, does this feel good? Does this feel right? Is this serving me? Is this serving others? And if it's not, change it up. I love that so much. Change it up. You leave that dream crusher. <laughs> you divorce, you leave that relationship of that dream crusher who is crushing your dreams and doesn't understand my vision. Yeah. You are not a partner well, for me. You know what? That guy was an awesome guy and we had a great <laughs> relationship, but ultimately he wasn't the guy, right? Because yeah. he didn't, he didn't get that. He wasn't there, you know? Yeah. And it's like, so everything happens for a reason. I believe that, you know, even yeah. everything is a learning. And um, I've definitely learned a lot over the last 14, almost 15 years, just in this business and, and prior to that. Um, but yeah, you know, my goal ultimately is to live a really big, beautiful, limitless life. Love it. I love that so much, Liz. And I'm watching you do it. And as a fan on the sidelines and as your friend, I'm cheering you on because I cannot wait to see what's next. I'm not going to even get into it on this podcast, but I know you have some big things coming up and we cannot wait to see you. Liz, if people want to find out about you or the brand, where can they follow, read your brilliant thoughts? Where are you living these days? Uh, well, I'm on Instagram um, with personally at Alyssa Kerbal, just my name. And then of course, Vidi Miosh is um, the company just minimiosh.com and at minimiosh and then the kind human club. Um, I do some writing for there once in a while, depending on whether it feels right. But um, the kind human club blog is just a great resource. We just try to share things around, you know, helping parents raise kind, happy, conscious kids. So those are kind of the main places and LinkedIn. And if you want to get your good dance party in, Liz is a dancer on the gram and she really, you're a really good dancer. You really Not a good dancer, but I love to dance. I love music. And, you know, during COVID, you know, that that's become, I, it, it's actually interesting. It's like um, this theory that I've been like kind of thinking about and learning about and spending more time with, which is that like 
going back to the things that brought you joy as a child yeah. or as a kid, right? Yeah. Like whether that's dancing or singing or writing or creating something or doing art or playing a yeah. sport or whatever it is that we quite often lose that along the way. And we give that yeah. up and it doesn't have to be for work and it doesn't have to be, you know, a hustle. It's just purely for the joy of doing something fun. So for me, music, dance, doing the flying trapeze, flying through right. the air, anything to do with that is like something that I love, but it's like, you know, making that a priority in your life, I think as you get older is really important. I love that. I bought a boxing bag recently. I used to box when I was a kid and I used to skip and I'm really good at it. And when I went to my first boxing class recently, I cried. I was like, oh my God, I, my muscle memory is there. And that felt so good. And it was really, for me, that moment of like, you know, gloves on, world off. Like that's how I felt um, there. And it really felt like I was 14 years old again and boxing for the very first time. And it was super inspiring. Um, I haven't been to be able to get back in any regular, but it really is, it's, it's I think this summer, that's what I'm going to do is really hit the bag again. Uh, because it's that thing that I did when I was 15 that I just love so much. Liz, I'm so grateful for your time you spent with us today. I really love and respect you and admire you. And I'm grateful you spent time with us. If you are, as I said, not following her on her social feeds, or if you're not yet a fan of Mini Miyash, you are now going to be that. Um, thank you so much to our fans and listeners. Have a great day, night, evening, wherever you are listening. Thanks, everybody. Thank you. Thank you for Bye-bye. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this episode of the Mom Halo podcast, I'd love your support by sharing it with others, posting about us on social, or leaving a really good rating and review. To catch all the latest from me, you can follow me on Instagram at the Mom Halo. Thanks so much, and I'll see you next time. Sick Kids is helping redefine what's possible in pediatrics. Also, children can lead healthier, happier lives. In 2021, Project Halo raised over $150,000 to help build a new sick kids designed to better serve patients and families. This will include spaces devoted to parents and caregivers, spaces to feel calm, relief, and rest. We are calling on our community again this year to join us in helping build a state-of-the-art hospital. Together, there are no limits to what we can achieve. To learn more and to donate, go to fundraise.sickkidsfoundation.com backslash Project Mom Halo. Thank you for your generosity and support.